virtual reality gives you the opportunity to put people into different scenarios that you couldn't possibly put them into in a training environment and see how they can react there and frankly monitor them more closely. Hello and welcome to another edition of the AEM Thinking Forward podcast, advancing the equipment manufacturing industry. I'm Dusty Weiss, AEM's professional nerd, data wonk, and podcast host. And in this episode, we're going to hear from a couple of companies that are taking the concept of virtual reality operator training to the next level, figuratively and literally. Skyjack is a manufacturer of aerial work platforms, scissor lifts, and other equipment that helps job site employees rise to the occasion. And they've teamed up with Sirius Labs, a virtual reality training solutions provider that's making the technology more immersive and more effective than ever before. So we're going to chat with Sirius Labs CEO Jim Colvin and Skyjack President Brad Beeler both about how this new technology is making job sites safer and the lessons that manufacturers can learn from their new partnership. Because it's this sort of innovative cooperation that gets us fired up here on the AEM Thinking Forward podcast. Each month, we explore a new subject area to help keep your business on the cutting edge of the equipment manufacturing industry. So if you haven't yet, subscribe to our feed so that you're updated every time we put out a new edition, and maybe tell a coworker about it too. And if you find these sorts of insights valuable, you should also check out our twice-weekly e-newsletter, The Industry Advisor. Some recent advisor headlines include updates on the right-to-repair bill under consideration in California, how ag-breaking requirements will affect manufacturers, and when you can see a 3D-printed bridge installed in the Netherlands. Check out AEM.org news for more on these and other stories, or to subscribe. I did want to take a quick moment to say hi to all our listeners from Canada. By the numbers, it looks like 18% of our listeners are tuning in from the Great White North. So, as a tribute to you guys, both of our guests today also hail from way up there. You see, in a world of evolving technology, building equipment that's user-friendly is kind of a tricky task. The customers who buy your equipment are going to want something they can train their workforce to use quickly and safely even while expecting you to provide them with cutting-edge features and functionality. While classroom work is critical, at the end of the day, there's no substitute for hands-on learning. Of course, if the equipment in question is a boom platform 100 feet up in the air, well, that adds a whole new level of challenge to the training process, not to mention a little bit of acrophobia. That's why a growing number of manufacturers are incorporating virtual reality into their equipment training protocols, giving trainees an immersive and realistic instruction experience without ever having to leave the training center, or even the ground in this case. And just this spring, one of AEM's member companies, aerial work platform stalwart Skyjack, announced a partnership with virtual reality training solutions provider Sirius Labs to take the concept to a new level. Joining me now to explain is the CEO of Sirius Labs, Jim Colvin. Thanks for joining us, Jim, on the AEM Thinking Forward podcast. Well, thanks, Dustin. I'm delighted to be here. So, Jim, the concept of VR training has been around for a few years now and met with varying levels of success throughout the industry. But your new partnership with Skyjack takes the immersiveness of the experience to a whole new level. So when I strap on a virtual reality headset and climb onto this training platform that you guys sell, what is it that I see? 
What's the experience like, and how is it different and better than other training methods? Well, we actually are one of the pioneers of incorporating virtual reality training into heavy equipment operation. So we haven't actually seen a lot of other examples of this. What you see when you climb in, when you put the headset on and launch the experience in ours, is that you're automatically prompted into the first scenario which is a fairly simplistic drive-forward scenario, to get the operator accustomed to the feeling of being on the equipment, the equipment moving, and them actually moving uh, the equipment using the control panel. It then gradually gets more complicated uh, once you start to get to height and start positioning the basket into more complicated maneuvers and going through a series of 16 scenarios, both in scissor and boom lifts, in order to accomplish that. What you see from the headset is a 360-degree vista of a construction site complete with obstacles and different, depending on the scenario, different topography, slants, ditches, objects that you might strike, images where the basket has to be positioned and you have to be able to manage uh, and feather and multitask the controls, all while looking around and making sure that you're doing that while avoiding risk, power lines, or any other type of uh, danger uh, around the area. And the power of that, Dusty, is that we can put somebody into a very dangerous situation, see how they respond, get them acclimatized to that, but do it in a consequence-free experience. And that's something you can do over and over again. Um, It's like you're not going to be landing a plane in the Hudson River very often, but you practice it a lot. And uh, we take, that's what we try to accomplish with our uh, virtual reality experience. I'm an old video gamer myself, and so I go back to, how is this different from what I'm going to plug into my PlayStation or my Xbox at the end of the day? Yours is not just a headset and a controller. It's an entire platform that people work on. One of the challenges virtual reality has is the motion sickness that can be caused because if what your eyes are seeing is not also accompanied by a motion of your body in the inner ear and the tricking of it to make you actually feel like you're moving, you tend to get nauseous. So we also wanted to create the very experience of being in the basket or on the platform of an actual piece of equipment or when it comes to our other products, in the actual seat um, managing actual controls and the motion that we provide using actuators in the base tricks the mind into actually thinking that you're moving to the extent that you sincerely believe that you're 150 feet off the ground it's a very powerful tool which puts people into that fight or flight thought process in their minds so that when they're learning something it becomes a critical learning objective because you're very much in the experience. I think to get the full idea of exactly how this setup works and what it looks like on the training floor, uh, it's actually helpful to go to your website um, because I got such a charge out of watching the videos that you guys have of this setup in action. And during one of the videos, the person who is using the training setup, they're standing up on this platform that's got the actuators built into it. So they feel the motion and they're wearing this headset and they've got their hand on the controls, and they must have done something wrong because all of a sudden the platform starts vibrating and their hands go right to the rails and just grip those rails for all they've got. It looked like 
they felt that they were 50 feet up on an aerial work platform. What do you hear from the students that have gone through this training process about what that experience is like for them? Incredibly powerful, and that goes right through to the old guard who say there is nothing like the real world and you can't simulate it. You know, in our recent experience at the uh, rental show and at the IPAF Summit recently in Miami, we had some folks on there that hadn't been on machines for years that were real skeptics about this type of technology. We're used to, like, the large screen simulator environments that have been around for years. And once they put the headset on and the sound and the motion and the graphics are so realistic that they were sincerely placed at height and had to respond like they were, it was an incredible response. And we've never had anybody come back and say, no, that's not like real life at all. If anything, we converted uh, pretty much everybody over to the idea that you can put people into situations where they truly and sincerely believe that they're there that would never be possible because of liability and potential danger, that you can do that and make them viscerally feel what it's like to be at height, to be in a dangerous and awkward situation. When you drive into a ditch or you bang the basket at the top of a hill when you're going on a decline because you forgot to raise the boom, you know it and you won't forget it. But the good news is you don't hurt yourself, you don't do cause damage to the site or the equipment itself. You can practice over and over again. So we're, we've been absolutely thrilled with the response. It's been a long journey for us to make sure that we perfect this and continuously advance the technology so that visceral experience is only improving. But we certainly believe that we've got that, and we're delighted with the responses we've had. So turning then to your new partnership with Skyjack, Skyjack is a well-established player in the aerial work platform field and a valued member of the Association of Equipment Manufacturers. How did your partnership with Skyjack come about, and what does it entail exactly? Well, I met Brad Bueller many years ago, well, five or six years ago now, um, and Brad's always been a huge advocate of safety in not just the aerial industry, but in all equipment operation industry and industry in general. And I was always very impressed with how he spoke to it. He spoke to it as, a, as an industry concern, not a Skyjack competitive advantage. Brad actually handed us our IAPA award that IPAF, the International Power Access Federation, gives out for the best innovation in safety. And Brad actually presented us with that award, which started the conversation about how do we continue to improve. We then were embarking on our scissor lift module for our aerial work platform product, but we knew we had to have an industry expert. Brad committed his internal resources to anything we wanted to do. Well, we had our guys fly out to their training center in Guelph, Ontario, where they graciously gave us all of their time, access to any information we needed. They tested with us. And while we didn't mimic a Skyjack controller for a scissor lift, what they were extremely helpful as doing is managing the reactions and how the behaviors of that particular piece of hardware would respond in relation to the software. We ultimately wanted to make sure that, and Skyjack absolutely is a believer, that it has to be less about one specific OEM's equipment and really more about a generic training tool that's available to all training for all models. And, of course, they were out there as advocates to say, this is important. It's not about JLG. It's not about Skyjack. It's not about Genie. This is about safety in our industry. 
and I guess the best example I often use is we try to teach people how to drive a car, not a Chevy. But Skyjack's been instrumental in ensuring that the experience is as realistic and the forced feedback of the physical controllers as realistic as possible. Now, we touched on the safety perspective here as far as what it means to be able to offer this kind of training in a simulated environment rather than having to turn somebody loose on a piece of equipment like this. But have you done any studies or have you quantified in any way how much more quickly do people learn when they're able to learn by doing on one of your simulated platforms instead of the more traditional method of training people to work these aerial work platforms? Because we're so early on, our products are really just coming into market. We don't have a lot of longitudinal study where we can do sort of a double blind But in fact, we've just launched one in concert with our partners, United Rentals, and uh, the International Union of uh, Painters and Allied Trades, and they have 155,000 members, and we're going over a six-month pilot. We're going to be measuring exactly that. The things that we look for is obviously a safe operator, but what we measure on the simulator itself is not just how safe you were. We measure where you were looking when the basket was moving in a direction, how the ride quality was, how did you approach maybe uneven ground. We also measure the quality of how you feather the controls. We also measure your speed, like your competency. So when we start to look at the return on investment for a qualified operator, we don't just simply look at what's paramount, which is safety, but also we start to look at how well is the person performing the task? How efficient are they in getting the task done? Because like anything, if you can practice how you manipulate a complex maneuver you know, into a, perhaps a quite a crowded space in a, inside of a construction site, where that basket needs to get so that person can do their job there. The faster and more efficient they can get there and, and get the boom up and get the boom down, not only uh, avoids potential incident, they're more efficient at the job itself because mm-hmm. it's like anything. Ah, I've done this one before. I know what I have to do. I have to raise my secondary boom. I have to extend. I have to then elevate. Then I go in. Now I rotate the basket and now I go in. Those are the kind of things we measure, and all of that data is captured and provided back to the employer or the student themselves so they can see the areas of improvement that will make them a better operator. And that's the, what the, the study that we're performing is literally just launched recently. It'll be a six-month study that we'll be performing. The data should be ready this fall. Well, I would love to hear more about that once you get the info on it. And as I think I mentioned earlier, I think the best way to really gain an appreciation of of what your equipment and your software is and does is to check out your website. Having watched those videos and being a video game enthusiast myself, I've got to say, Jim, some of those polygons and textures look awfully familiar to me. Be honest. Are you using the Fallout 4 engine from Bethesda Game Studios? Because it looks a lot like that. And, and maybe well, I that's... guess I could say that they're using us. In all of our products, even before virtual reality became a reality, um, we were using video game technology, which would allowed us to iterate faster, have more realism, get us products to market faster rather than traditional way of stacking a simulation base. Uh, which is most of the traditional simulator companies did. So we were originally using Unreal, uh, and now we're in fact using Unity, and we're one of the most advanced users of Unity, which is probably the most ubiquitous video game development engine on earth right now. And so I suspect, even though our artwork is very, very unique, you can really tell it's ours, there are going to be certain polygons and things that we probably come (laughs) right from the uh, Unity library. 
that we uh, incorporate into the product rather than reinventing that wheel. So uh, I think it's uh, well observed that you uh, note that some of those images might have some familiarity to you. Well, and a suit of power armor would have looked right at place on that construction site, I have to say. this I'm going to play this for my mom later and laugh because she told me that all those hours I spent playing video games as a kid weren't going to come to any practical application. And here is the evidence to the contrary. Watching the videos of people interacting with your equipment and software, it just made me think about how much more in tune with this sort of technology, especially the younger generation of workers are today. How have they reacted along those lines? Well, the response has been incredible, and probably because our entire studio, all of our programmers, our designers, our artists, they all come from the AAA video game world. They, most of them that actually had their backgrounds were from building AAA video games. They're also strategy game players, and they're fearless about these kinds of things. So whether you're a heavy equipment operator that's just coming onto the, into the workforce, you're more than likely have been very familiar with some form of video game technology and certainly technology in general. And we had a very interesting experience in New Orleans recently at the rental show where Brad was actually doing a press conference about how this technology will and should be incorporated into training regimes and and into the lexicon of all heavy industry. And right while that was happening, a nine-year-old French-Canadian girl walked right up to the simulator while it was sitting there idly. She climbed on, put the headset on, didn't speak a word of English, and she proceeded to do everything she could to destroy everything inside of that environment as quickly and efficiently as she could, assuming that that was the object of the game. (laughs) And everybody got to witness it on the 70-inch TV. And it was so funny, because it, but more importantly, it demonstrated the fearless nature of them about embracing technology. And this is only the beginning, and this is a nine-year-old girl from Quebec. So we sincerely believe that so long as we make it intuitive and the experience is as realistic as possible, we think we're really onto something, and we know that what they call the millennials and the post-millennials are absolutely embracing. Well, I appreciate uh, an interview with somebody talking about the development of the future workforce that doesn't involve a healthy amount of millennial bashing for once. Speaking as a millennial myself. Um, In addition to aerial work platforms, Sirius Labs offers a crane operation simulator and an oil well snubbing simulator. But when you look at the rest of the heavy equipment industry, bulldozers, backhoes, pavers, and so many other types of equipment, do you see other areas where this sort of technology might be a fit? Oh, absolutely. In fact, we already have, in addition to our aerial work platforms that uh, we're just currently launching, we have a whole suite of crane um, simulators with our partner ITI that we're in either available now or in development, which includes mobile crane, overhead crane tower crane, large crawler, boom truck, pedestal crane. You know, so we've got a lot of products on that side. And in addition, with our partner United Rentals, we're developing four new virtual reality equipment simulators, including skid steer, telehandler, counterbalance forklift, and excavator. So we really expect to have a comprehensive catalog of uh, heavy equipment simulators, all working off the same technology core platform, so that as we continue to evolve and the technology, hardware and software evolves, we'll be staying right on the leading edge of it and passing that on to all of our 
our, our customers and partners so that they're always working with the most leading edge solutions available in the market. Well, CEO of Sirius Labs, Jim Colvin, uh, it's been fascinating talking to you and we look forward to seeing what comes next for your partnership with Skyjack. We'd also love to hear more about your research into the impact of this training on down the lines here, but really appreciate your taking the time. Thanks so much for joining us on the AEM Thinking Forward podcast. I'm delighted. Thank you, Dusty. So that's one part of this story, and it's easy to get caught up in the cool factor of this technology, but how manufacturers choose to utilize VR training programs like Sirius Labs is building or not will determine whether this is a trend or a new way of doing business. So to explore that a little more, we're joined by the president of Skyjack and a member of AEM's board of directors, Brad Beeler. Brad, thanks for joining us on the AEM Thinking Forward podcast. I'm glad to be here. First of all, I understand that you were at the rental show in New Orleans with the team from Sirius Labs to unveil their new VR training simulator. Did you get to try it, and what were your thoughts? Uh, unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, we were very busy in New Orleans, and so I didn't actually get to use the simulator in New Orleans, but I, I did have some forethought and went to Edmonton and tried it there prior to that. And so I have had some stick time on the simulator, and honestly, I find it very realistic to start with when you look at the fact that there's not only just visual cues, but auditory and, and motion cues as well. I think that's what sets it apart from, from other simulators that uh, are in the market now or have, have gone before. What surprised you the most about this new adaptation of the technology? I, I would say the realism of it, ultimately. And, and like I said, I think the fact that there are different sensory uh, applications that you receive, for me, um, if I had to put it down to one specific thing, I would say that actually driving a boom lift onto a truck, um, there is a scenario in which you do that in their, uh, in their scenarios uh, virtually, obviously. And I will tell you, it, uh, having driven uh, booms onto trucks before, that to me was uh, unbelievably realistic and it kind of uh, leaves you with the feeling that uh, if you can do that and make that feel as realistic as it was in this simulator um, that certainly you can simulate a lot of other environments in a very very realistic manner and give people that that feeling or that experience that they are actually operating a, a, an aerial lift. As a leading manufacturer of aerial work platforms, you could have just stepped back and said, you know what, training, that part of the whole process, that's not my problem. The end users can figure that out on their own. But you didn't. What made this partnership with Sirius Labs so imperative for you? Yeah, and I think that goes back to my own uh, personal history at Skyjack. I started here as a product safety manager originally uh, 15 years ago. And, you know, my original mandate was to kind of investigate what was was happening from a, a safety and a, a liability perspective at, uh, at Skyjack and with their products. And I think what I found was generally, um, unfortunately, when people do get injured using our products, it's, it's usually because they're not properly trained to either understand how to use the products appropriately or understand that they may not be in a, an appropriate state of maintenance. And I think something like this, uh, you know, goes with the what I've found in the past that the deficiency we've had and, and some of the reasoning why people get injured is because they just don't know enough about the products. And I think that this is one way to educate people in a much more um, realistic and uh, efficient manner. And so I think that that's, um, we're certainly all for that when we look towards safety in our industry. Now, that much said, it helps to have a little bit of perspective for folks that are maybe outside the aerial work platform sphere 
How do you think this is going to change the way that training gets done on the equipment you make? How did it used to get done in the past, and how is this new technology really going to change that? I think it's going to enhance it, really, is what it's going to do. I think some of the things that we do today are going to continue. Like, we still give people, either through a direct instructor contact or through online training, uh, a lot of information about the products and and the use of the products and what's appropriate and what may not be appropriate in, in use and what hazards are associated with the use the product. So I don't see a lot of that changing. Um, What we do today is we go from there to a a practical examination of a candidate. And so we put them on an actual aerial lift and we watch them go through a variety of predetermined tasks and we evaluate them in doing those tasks. And I think what will change though is that the opportunity to put people into a virtual reality gives you the opportunity to put them into different scenarios that you couldn't possibly put them into in a training environment and see how they can react there and frankly teach them about how they do react and monitor them more closely and objectively on how they react in those scenarios. So I think it will be an enhancement. It will allow us to get more data and more feedback to those operators about how they use equipment and what they could do differently Um, and will make us more effective in doing those type of things. I think there will still be a practical evaluation uh, on an actual machine that will still need to take place before you put someone onto a job site using a piece of equipment. But I think that even for refresher training or renewal training in the future, you may not have to put people on machines anymore. You may be able to do it in a virtual reality knowing that they have been operating machines for the last year or the last five years. One thing that really struck me as unique about this particular application of the technology on Sirius Labs end is the fact that they actually build a full platform that the virtual reality user has to stand on and operate. How important is that for augmenting the experience of learning to use your equipment on their system? And I think it goes back to uh, what I said about kind of the the sensory inputs that you get. Um, You know, it's one thing to have a TV screen or even the the virtual reality screen in front of your eyes where all you can see is is what you are seeing that's fed to you from the the simulation. But I think that what happens in those instances is is that um, it doesn't feel very realistic unless you have, A, the audible portion of it is certainly helps, but certainly what puts it over the top is the motion part part of it. And so, you know, there are motion actuators in the platform that Sirius does build. And so when you are operating the equipment, you are getting that motion feedback into you. So you actually feel like you are on a moving platform at that point in time. And I think that's what makes it more realistic and and gives you a better feel about that simulation as a whole. And frankly, uh, fools your senses a little bit. Um, When you just have a visual cue and you're moving about in space, but you're not actually moving, Um, I think people tend to get, that's where nausea and other forms come in that that are a bit detrimental to the entire simulation. When you add that motion and you're fooling your body into believing that it's actually doing these things, I think that's what makes uh, the Sirius Labs simulator a little better. And I think that's why that platform is very important. And of course, the end-all be-all in business is return on investment. 
What sort of a return do you expect Skyjack to see in this project, and how about your customers that wind up using it? I think for Skyjack specifically, really, we, we, you know, we don't make a lot of money today training people. What we want to see is we want everyone to be trained, and we want that return on investment of, A, people not being injured using our products or anyone's products in the aerial lift realm, and uh, B, also getting the efficiency gains out of that. So people who have been trained in this manner in a more effective manner, I believe, through a simulation and actually being able to put in the future, I see them being put on actual jobs, on actual job sites in a virtual environment first. So knowing that they will have to perform this task tomorrow, next week, whenever. And when they do do it, um, they will be able to do it in a more efficient and effective manner because they will already have had feedback saying to them, hey, if you did it this way or, you know what, actually we have to make changes to the site because we just realized that we can't actually do what we want to do. I think those are the kind of things where there's going to be a return. So there will be a return for some of the training companies as well, obviously, um, but I think it's going to be an efficiency and effectiveness and safety return for operators, contractors, and everyone kind of in that chain of, of commerce. On the topic of contractors, one thing that we hear a lot from contractors in the field is how they have such a hard time filling jobs right now, and especially with hiring younger workers. Uh, Speaking as a younger guy myself who kind of grew up playing video games, I've got to admit, watching the videos of these simulations kind of made me want to try this out. Is there some recruitment value in being able to offer this as a training option? Absolutely. I think that there are some of the blue-collar jobs or the trade jobs uh, today, they get a bit of a bad rap, uh, especially with uh, younger people going to school and maybe not believing that there there is a future there or it's not a very exciting future. And I think that some of these kind of things can actually bring a little bit of, of glitz and glamour to that if we, if we need to put it that way and actually offer a little bit of excitement and allow people to understand that, you know, this is the kind of thing that you will get to do in real life. You can go 120 feet in the air on one of these machines and actually work on being an electrician or a pipe fitter or a steel worker or whatever trade you want to be involved in. And so I I think it does bring a little bit of a special uh, effect to that and and may help us in recruiting uh, blue-collar workers of the future. In your role as a member of the AEM Board of Directors, you've been a very vocal supporter of our efforts to move the needle on cutting-edge technology, uh, and you had the chance to enthusiastically participate in our Future Technologies Research Project with McKinsey & Company last summer. What other applications do you see for these cutting-edge technologies, and what are you the most excited about? The sky's the limit, really, for some of the things that we will be able to do. And so, like I say, I think that the training aspect of this is going to be great. I think it's going to allow us to more effectively and efficiently train operators to be more effective and efficient and safe. I think the other thing, though, that we get beyond this, uh, one of the first things that Sirius Labs has mentioned and I think does to uh, in some parts of their business is actually look at remote control. So we could get to a point here where in the future, a an aerial lift or a task at height is being achieved by someone who's not actually there, right? They could be halfway around the world, as uh, we spoke about at a, a recent panel I was on, um, that, you know, you could have remote control operation and some of these items being done from halfway around the world. And so you have a skilled operator who is somewhere in North America operating machinery that could be somewhere in Africa, for example. I think that's a, a definite possibility. I think that the other thing that's coming will be, you know, more autonomous use of these machines.
machines and, and the ability for these machines to do more things autonomously, uh, whether that's loading or unloading themselves or running themselves around a rental yard or a job site or actually performing tasks at height. So I think there's a lot of exciting things to come in the future of working at height. Well, when we get to the point where we have aerial work platforms that are going out and being controlled from halfway around the world, I know a little podcast that you're going to have to stop by and uh, do another interview on if you've got the time for that. That sounds great. I look, for, look forward to that, and hopefully we, uh, we get to that point in the, in the not-too-distant future. Well, Brad Beeler, the president of Skyjack, thanks so much for joining us on the AEM Thinking Forward podcast. You're very welcome. And let me tell you, after talking to Brad and Jim today, I seriously want to get my hands on one of these VR training simulators. It just, it seems like a riot. I'll put a link to some of the demo videos in the show description so you can get a look at this for yourself. But it actually looks kind of fun. Maybe I'll even try to talk the bosses into getting one for our AEM offices here in Milwaukee. It seems like it'd be a hit at the Christmas party or... Maybe it's the kind of thing that we could take on the road with us when we do our regional thinking forward events, but I'm not going to hold my breath. But hey, while we're on the topic, there is a great lineup of those thinking forward events coming up, and it's not too late to register either. If you're curious about the makerspace revolution, for instance, May 8th in Chicago, we're hosting an event you're not going to want to miss. It's at a place called M-Hub, and it's where tinkerers and entrepreneurs can get together and collaborate on all sorts of projects. We're going to get a tour of the facility, hear from some members, and even get briefed on AEM's Future Technology Research Project while we're at it. I will even be taping the next edition of the podcast there, so make sure you stop out and say hey if you're in Chicago. And then on June 5th in Minneapolis-St. Paul, creating a culture of innovation will be the topic at the 3M Innovation Center. Later in the year, we're going to be on both coasts, San Francisco on August 23rd, Charlotte on November 6th, Pella, Iowa, and Purdue University are also on the schedule. But you've got to register ahead of time, and space is limited. So head over to aem.org think to learn more and sign up for these free events. Also, a great way to stay on top of industry trends is to follow AEM on LinkedIn. Just search up the Association of Equipment Manufacturers, and you can follow the news and events that we put up there. And hey, if you enjoyed the podcast, do me a quick favor. Open up your podcasting app and subscribe to our updates so you don't miss any. Maybe leave a comment or a rating while you're at it. And if you've got something really pressing on your mind, feel free to email me direct at podcast at AEM.org. The AEM Thinking Forward podcast is brought to you by the Association of Equipment Manufacturers. Little Glass Men does the music. And for AEM, thanks for listening. I'm Dusty Weiss.